Hello, my community. I'm Claire Houle, and this is Instructional Ecology. In Episode 8, Connection, psychology professor Angela Griffin talks about how she's come to see connection as a vital part of student learning and success. In our time together, she told me an incredible story about her own failure that she tells in her classes when the moment is right. I've taken that story and made this bonus episode with it. This is also a companion or extension of episode six, Failure. This podcast is now a way that we can share our stories with each other. Our students may hear them regularly, but do our colleagues? You can now. As Angela will describe, she ended up telling this story for the first time to students because she was cheerleading for failure as part of learning as a first attempt, and that did not go over well. The students met her with stony stares, clearly disbelieving that she had ever encountered the kinds of failures they had endured so far in their lives and feared in the future. So she told this story about being in failure as a graduate student. Here's a mini episode about the devastating consequences of failure that also, I think, allow us all to reset our moral barometers and think carefully about how we set expectations how we mentor, and how we maintain connections when things don't go as planned. It may even ask us to carefully consider what success is. You might put yourself in Angela's shoes and also in those of the other main players in the story and interrogate the choices they made. Because when we're not the ones in failure, we can still fail the people we have a chance to support. In this story, failure is a ripple that washes outward and drags others into its wake. Here we are, Angela Griffin's story of failure. Students are always afraid that when they fail, that means that they're going to be rejected, right? You know, everyone will cut, they'll be cast howling into outer darkness, you know, it's all over. <laughs> right, um, right. And, and we know, you know, that usually that it, you go on, life goes on. But I know that you had an experience earlier in your career where um, you did not get a particular job that you were aiming for. And not only did you not get the job, it cost you a very traditional and foundational academic relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's a story that you tell students and it has a lot of impact. I, if you would, I'd love to, for you to tell us that story and what you found that opens up for students. Yeah, so this is one of those that, again, it's not part of the plan, right? But it just sort of came up and it, it turned into something that I, I didn't plan to share with students at first, but I felt like I needed to. It was one of those moments of I need to respond to what's going on right here, right now. Um, we've got to scrap the lecture plan. Um, you know, we're talking about failure and we're talking about in class that it feels terrible, right? We all experience it though, but but we don't like to talk about it. We like to pretend it doesn't happen and it feels bad and it's perceived as something negative. And, and of course, um, you know, as I did in, in that very first class at MTC and, and in others, um, I had a lot of students and I had, you know, who, who responded to, to me 
talking about this, sharing this and trying to kind of raw, raw failure, right? Let's embrace failure and, and think of failure as a first attempt in learning. F is first, A is attempt, I is in, and L is in learning. That's, you know, sort of that growth mindset, cheerleading, right? That, 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 that it can be very helpful. It fell flat because again, the perception was, well, you probably never really had to deal with what I had to deal with yesterday or last week or when I was starting out as a, as a, as a college student the first time around, right? When I failed and had to leave and I got kicked out and, and, and so on. Um, and so I had to take that moment and do something that I, at the time I wasn't particularly comfortable doing that is being personal, right? Being more real with students, which is something again that they crave and it's a great way to connect and, and almost reset a class, right? It, it's like we come in and, and we're more alike than we were the last time. So I had to respond to that and 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 go, well, no, I I failed. <laughs> I promise. And so um it it's a it's a sort of long and winding story, but it's one of those that students, you know, listen to, just wrapped. Um, and I was surprised, but they so didn't so much relish knowing that I was more like them than they thought, but just it helped them to hear um that you know, their professor who walked in in the, in the, in the, you know, scary looking dark suit and, and made me feel like at least on the first day of class, I don't know if this is for me. Ooh, she's going to be tough. Um, made them feel much more comfortable, um, and connected to me, um, because I had this huge catastrophic failure type story that I shared. And so, um, what happened is, you know, I, I was trained at a big, fancy research one university to be a big fancy research one uh, researcher. Um, and that's what I thought I was going to do for the rest of my life. And I was good at it. I enjoyed it. And um, I got a job interview at an institution, um, one of the best in this country. And um, everybody was so excited. Um, there were so many people who, as a graduate student, had invested in me. I mean, I had family, again, first-generation college student. People were going, I can't believe they invited you. And by the way, they only invite one person. If they're going to hire you, you're going to be a professor, big-time researcher at this place. They only invite the one person that they want. That's it. And they let you know that up front. And so more pressure, right? But more excitement. All these people were invested in me. It was, you know... That was some some real success and an opportunity that wasn't just for me, but it, it it reflected for them as well, and it reflected on them as well. So, I got really well prepared for this big job interview, multiple days, so many meetings, big deal presentation. They call a job talk, right? Um, sharing your research, everything was beautiful. Couldn't have gone better. It was almost like a dream, right? But I I owe that in particular to the tremendous support um, and help that I had to to prepare over years to, to you know get that opportunity um, to interview for a job like that, but also just to prepare for the the job interview itself. I mean, so lots of people invested, um, helping, genuinely wanting me to be successful, and so I go and and it goes beautifully, um, and it's amazing. And I'm letting people know this, and it still seems too good to be true, but it seems like gosh, this is great. People are treating me like I'm their colleague already. Um, I'm getting all sorts of very clear, authentic indications that wow, this is this is great. This is a big thumbs up. That's the best job talk I've ever seen. Um, I get to the end of the interview and I, I go to meet with one of the people, big people, um, important people in charge whom, whom I've met with throughout the visit. And we get and everything's wonderful, positive, talking about what it's going to be like and how we'll support your research when you're here, talking about it as if I'm already hired. Right. 
And we get to the end of that time. My visit's almost over. It's been days of good, good stuff. And this person um, looked at me and posed a question about um, some research, um, sort of a belief, an approach to studying um, infant development and, and asked, you know, do you, do you believe that? Do you buy into it? Do you, you know, you, you think that research is compelling? Um, and what he was really asking was, are you one of us? Um, are you part of the camp that believes in this? And I, I gave an honest answer and, and let him know that respectfully that, that I, I didn't, that I disagreed. And, and um, I shared some of my own research and other research that I had done and, and explained why I did not believe in that particular theory and interpretation uh, of that research and the data and, and, and the limitations of it. And he immediately pushed back from the chair, stopped making eye contact, put his hands behind his head. And we had one more um, meeting with other folks, and that was a meal, a lunch, and and he didn't even speak to me. Um, It was very clear in a lot of ways that my interview was over and I was toast. And um, and I knew in that moment that that I should have lied and maybe should have lied, or at least according to a lot of people I knew, you should have lied. And my that voice in my head was saying, just shut up and say what he wants to hear. This is a great job, right? Um, but in my mind, I also knew that I would be representing myself as somebody I wasn't. And I would be, in, in essence, agreeing to doing work for probably the next seven years of my life. Um, taking a particular perspective that I completely disagreed with. So it was one of those tough decisions in the moment where I had to, or I chose to to say what I really thought. And, and you know, a lot of people viewed that as a horrendous mistake and um, even a betrayal. Um, all of these people who'd spent almost a decade investing a lot of time and money and support and their very best mentoring um, in me and preparing me for this amazing job opportunity who wanted it as much as I did, could almost taste it, right? Our student, my mentee got a job at this school. Wow. Um, told me I blew it, right? And 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 stopped talking to me. I, I lost a lot of relationships, including my, my um, graduate advisor relationship. I, the last communication we had, I, I had to write a card and leave it in the mailbox um, with this person's favorite chocolate and say goodbye because um, they wouldn't speak to me anymore after I got back. And I, I lost those relationships, both with colleagues and people who were true friends, um, but especially my greatest mentor. And I shared this with students initially because they didn't believe I'd experienced failure. right? Um, but I also shared it as an example that I wanted to model as what we were talking about, a first attempt in learning. Um, and that is, you know, just how we can all experience failure and feel terrible about it. And I shared with them, you know, I answered their questions um, about the story and, and let them say, you know, what they thought, what they would have done, maybe, why didn't you just lie, you know, and, and responded to that. And, but also shared how I felt and sort of what my story was after the fact, you know, that I, I spun my wheels. I didn't know what I wanted to do next. It made me question everything. It made me question a lot, but, that it was a chance again to learn, right? It can feel terrible and it can take a long time and it can be depressing and you can lose 
people along the way in your life in the process, even I should, you know, at least through that example. Um, so I shared sort of how I, I put those pieces back together and, and what came of it and, and what was wonderful about it in the end. Um, and, and also how I dealt with losing relationships, um, you know, I talked a lot about how it's important to have boundaries and that sometimes to protect our own success and development and forward motion, we have to, um, to you know, not participate in certain relationships in our lives, even if it, that's with family and friends, if they're detrimental or, or hurtful or hurtful at the time and that time in our lives. But this was different. This was people taking that away from me. And um, and my students wanted to know how I dealt with that. And and um, they also wanted to know if I was really, truly happy <laughs> doing what I do at MTC and, and why and how could I be doing something so different than, than what I so um, much seemed to want and to have lost and really blown in that, you know, golden job opportunity, job interview opportunity. So um, it's been one that I build in and share again and again, because time and again, every time I come back to class a few minutes later, sometimes, or, or the next class, and it's like, we're a whole different group. You know, I'm, I'm a real person who's struggling sometimes right along with them. And I've experienced and shared in common or along with them, a lot of the same things that make life hard and make being a student hard and make getting up on a Monday morning and, and continuing to push through hard. Um, and I've made difficult choices and, and I've questioned my choices and, and I have failed and, and I've started to learn to be more comfortable with it and to try to get more out of it and, and, and want that for them. So what better, better way to share that than to not just answer their questions and preach it and rah, rah, growth mindset and these sorts of things, but to share it in a really vulnerable way that um, helps us connect better with one another and sort of start on the same page a lot of times in my classes. So. That's one of the richest failure stories. I think I've I've listened to recently, um, and I, I I've really come to cherish stories about big failures. Frustration is one thing; hmm. failure is when we it's on big scale. Um, and I imagine that your story is an amazing Rorschach blot for what people could take out of that. Right? Is it about right. the person at the Big Shot Institution? Is it about the community waiting at home? What stands out to me in the com in the context of our conversation today is your abandonment by your mentor yeah, and how that may be particularly keen for students in your class. They fear to disappoint people to the point that they drop them. Right. It, it may have already happened or it may be threatened. It may be on the table. And I wonder um, if a lot of your attention to this isn't a kind of response, a sort of, you know, cosmic balance to that. Do you find yourself more committed to sustaining connection in this context? I've never gotten that question or thought about it that way, Claire, but I would say it's a wholehearted yes. Um, it, again, it took me a while to come around to that, but again, that period in my career and my time working with students you know, it, it really, it matches up pretty well. Right. Um, so, so I'd say, yes. Um, you know, however that came about, whether it was meant to be these sorts of things, um, I'd say that it's a yes and, and I'm, I'm happy for it. You know, I, I don't know that I would necessarily be the same instructor or certainly the same person having not had that experience and really wrestled with how to deal with it and, and in, including the relationships piece. Um, I think a lot of the time when I talk about the story, share it with students once I 
sort of you know made it part of class. Um, the focus has been on the, the failure and response to failure piece, but more recently, it's absolutely been about the relationships. And that's the part that really speaks to a lot of students and probably for the reasons that you're sharing. So, um, so right, you know, it's a chance for me to, in the position that I'm in, right, to, to be lucky enough and able to continue to give that to students or to fill those gaps and holes or to remind them that sometimes people in our are in our lives to help and be a positive contributor for just a period of time um, and that there is life on the other side, even when it's hard or you're not sure what's next or you feel completely abandoned. Um, there is somebody else there. And sometimes if I can be that person, even in a small way, um, yeah, that that feels much more important than I'm anything else I do. And, and it certainly could be a, a, a part of this bigger story or a continuation of, of that particular story. What a story. A first-generation college student makes good, but doesn't get the high-flying job everyone expected of her. And she failed to get the job because of a choice about her own integrity. How does that factor into the experience? What a choice to have to face. The reactions of those connected to her were quite telling about their understandings of failure, what it means, and how a supporting community should respond. If you were her mentor or family, how would you respond? If you were her, how would you carry that forward? In many ways, we can't quite answer since lives are so complex and so bound up in complicated ways of being. But we certainly can think it through for ourselves when we are not in failure at the moment. These kinds of principles decided upon can guide us when the emotion around failure spirals out to engulf us and perhaps those around us. And this leads me to ask once again, what stories do you have around failure in your life? What do you share with students and colleagues? Let me offer to help you tell your story around failure to your students. There are many ways you can do that. You can think about how to tell such a story in person, of course, and when. But also, you could have a recorded story, like the one today that we can package for your class. Or we can make another version that you could add to an asynchronous course, and one of your colleagues has already contacted me for help with that. And there may be other places and other ways you'd like to tell your story. Reach out to me at the CTE if you want to talk about it and create something together. Email me at h-o-u-l-e-c at midlandstech.edu. That's all for this bonus episode. Listen in next time for the last episode in our season about learning to learn, where we think about possibilities for our teaching at the college going forward. Melissa Ellington and English and I will imagine entangled learning as we end our season at the height of summer. <laughs>